0: Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you wait before the show, as you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game podcast. you got your host here. Justin Townsend and uh, I'm here with my good friend, who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. First off, do a couple little little intro items that I always do. So this is a cool episode, another mobile episode on the road, spring hunting season. I can smell it; it's in the air. We're in the midst of it: turkey, bear, all those great things. Um, lots of cool things happening around the world of harvesting nature. So. Stay tuned to that. Make sure you're paying attention to the YouTube, you're paying attention to uh, Facebook, Instagram, maybe even TikTok. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, well, let's see. Um, great news. So Adventure Food Podcast, we're rolling those out like crazy. Core is doing a great job every two weeks, so make sure you're listening to those. Every other Sunday, those come out. Awesome stories about awesome adventures uh, out getting food you know, short clips told, uh, in a story mode, just like you're sitting by the campfire with your friends. And then, um, outside of that, uh, you can buy us a cup of coffee. If you dig what we're doing, we love caffeine and, uh, you can click the link down the show notes and that'll let you donate, uh, two, three, four, five, 15 bucks to us to say, Hey, thanks for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. We appreciate it. And also, make sure that you're you're participating in the hats for reviews. So we are always lovingly accepting reviews podcast reviews. So you can use the link in the show notes, and that's got a link that will sync with whatever podcast platform you're you're using to listen, and it will let you add a review in uh, based on the piece of technology you have. And if you leave us five-star review, leave some written text in there, tell us how cool we are or you know whatever it is you appreciate about the show, and we will read the comment on the show, call you out by your whatever handle you have, ask you to send us an email over at what's cooking at com, and we will uh, then send you a hat of your choice from our website. It's, it's a pretty, pretty good deal if you ask me few kind words get you a free lid Uh, and we appreciate it because that helps boost our popularity grow our ratings all that fun stuff so more people can listen to us around the world that way no one's feeling selfish and just keeping us to themselves (laughs) so with that I am driving down the road my buddy Craig here sitting next to me I'm gonna let Craig go ahead and uh, introduce himself and uh, then we'll, we'll kick off kind of our little adventure
2: yeah, so I'm Captain Craig Clopper. I'm uh, have the charter called Goliath Charters Key West. I got started about a year ago down here, and uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm taking people around on my Hells Bay Neptune, and uh, yeah, trying to get them on to fish whenever I can. Uh, I kind of specialize in doing the Goliath charter fishing during uh, during the winter. They always bite during the Wait, summer. They
1: she got to tell you what Goliath are.
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, Goliath grouper are just uh, the biggest grouper we've got down here. Um, they kind of live in shallow water. I mean, sometimes I see them as shallow as two feet of water, and you know, as well as they go pretty deep as well. Uh, they range from sizes from babies to uh, all the way up to 600 pounds or more. Uh, what I oftentimes do is hand-line fish for them just using a anchor rope and uh, just pulling them up by the strength of of your hands Um, and then as well as I do a lot of uh, rod and reel stuff for them as well Uh, yeah they're they're a lot of fun it's nearly a guaranteed catch even if the trip's going to turn out to be a flats trip where guys are wanting to you know catch bonefish or tarpon or whatever uh, I always start off with the goliaths if I can because they always bite they're big dudes and they got to keep
1: eating and uh i'll say so uh will and i went on on uh one of craig's charters uh actually today you will see it in our adventures for food film series over on youtube uh we're actually putting together that episode so that'll be coming out here in the next month or so uh but it's a a florida keys flats adventure but we do kind of a little bit of everything in that episode Mm -hmm um but we're going to talk about the episode on another podcast where will's with us as well so we can share some cool moments with that but uh in the meantime what was i going to say oh you you got to tell us a little bit more about your background um just just everything craig's craig's an interesting fella
2: yeah so uh you know what as far as with uh the fishing is just something a, a new chapter of mine um, before all of that, I, I was doing uh, the Alaska uh, fishing charters up there on the Alaknak with ATA Lodge. Um, had a fantastic time with those guys up there. Um, I did some hunting guide stuff uh, just south of uh, just south of Yellowstone, and uh, and then a, a little bit in the Frank Church Wilderness in Idaho. Um, yeah, I really love that kind of stuff. I'm all about. Uh, you know, would do the summertime horseback riding stuff. Um, yeah, just more and more as much as I can. I like doing happy stuff with people who are happy doing it. So, uh, yeah, it's my favorite. All
1: right. So the now you've heard a little bit about Craig. So you know you know who's talking on the other microphone here. Um, I will say that uh, our little adventure uh, was for Osceola, Turkey. So it, it is springtime, and for those that don't know what Osceola turkey are, they're subspecies of the American turkey, uh, unique to the Florida Peninsula, and I had it in my mind to shoot an Osceola turkey before I leave Florida, uh, which is coming up in June. Uh, I'll be done. So those who, For those who haven't heard the news, I'm relocating out to Colorado, uh, so it's... Exciting news for us, exciting news for you, because more awesome adventures coming as well. Um, but, so I, I drew a tag up in the Ocala National Forest. So, I had a guest tag with it, and I, I called up Craig and was like, Hey, man, you want to go with me to go hunt some Osceola turkey? And Craig said... Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, we devised a plan. I said, Hey, man, I have this thing in my head that I've been wanting to do, because just about every piece of public land I've been to in Florida, they have, you have like forestry roads or vehicular access roads. Then you have OHV, which is off-highway vehicle roads. And then you have subsections of trails, which are closed to motorized vehicles completely. So I was like, check this out. What if we took mountain bikes with us to do turkey hunting and we just run and gun turkeys uh cruise around on the bikes check out the territory uh you know shot gobble call whatever try to try to locate um where the birds are and then we'll we'll zoom in via foot but the bikes will let us get around so as we're driving here we got two mountain bikes on the top of the car that we borrowed one's borrowed from will one's borrowed from dustin so thank you both of you for letting us borrow that because it was a game changer but we're going to talk more about that later um so we we planned we blocked one day of travel up and then four-ish days of hunting and then the rest of the fourth day was back down so four days total uh of of turkey related hunting activities (laughs) Um, and I want to talk sort of like expectations I guess it's a good time to do it
2: Low, low expectations
1: yeah. low, <laughs> low expectations So uh, for no, for those that have listened long enough You know that I'm not an avid turkey hunter I'm even less an avid turkey caller But I've been practicing I got some, some new calls Was listening to sound clips Been practicing So uh, that's going for me I got some sweet turkey hunting gear from Allen Company. So uh, I took my new shotgun case up there, which was great because it got tons of pouches to fit stuff in. Uh, a new sling for my shotgun, which I actually really liked. I used it a lot, and I had this kind of chest harness slash over-the-shoulder thing. Uh, it's like a little pack that I carried my binos in or my camera. I also had some slots for my uh, diaphragm calls. It's got a spot on the side, too, for your your pot call. What are the sticks? I don't know what you call them. What are the sticks for pot calls called? Uh,
2: yeah, I think I just call them a stick.
1: Yeah, let's call them a stick. Anyway, the sticks, so you put those on the side, too, whatever. So I found out that that works uh, not as well for me on the bike because I actually lost one of my diaphragm calls. But when you're on foot moving... And on foot sitting, it's very convenient because you got kind of everything in your working space that you need, so uh, that worked well.
2: It also has a tape measure on it too uh, to measure your gobbler's beard, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, the, sh- the shotgun case does. All the, the shotgun case. Shotgun yeah.
2: case does. That way you get it before shrinkage, you know, coming yep. home and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I
1: did like, um, I did like on the sling the uh it's got a spot for your diaphragm calls and it's got a little flap that like bungees over it and then it's got two spots for shotgun shells and that to me was really helpful because i kept those calls in there because i always had my shotgun even if i didn't have my bag or anything else always had those diaphragm calls with me and it paid off on a couple cases because i didn't have to dig for it and then i was able to stash a couple shotgun shells on there uh if i didn't want to have the gun with with them in the tube did you, do you you have any unique gear that you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, so I think that like the most clutch unique piece of gear that I carry with me everywhere um, is what's the name of it? You you know what it's called? It's the uh, the Slumberjack. Slumberjack. Oh man, I looked just, it up. I don't know. It's the the tarp. Well, anyways, this tarp is it's great. I I sometimes use it as just a spike camp. Uh, it weighs like a poundish, and it. Uh, yeah, I you can put it up and kind of use it as a, you know, poncho nearly. Um, I, I can also put it up and, and use it to stay in the shade on a hot, sunny day. I want to take a nap elk hunting. Um, it, it keeps me dry when it's raining. Um, yeah, it's just an excellent piece of uh, lightweight piece of gear that I try to take with me anywhere that it might be raining or it might just be real sunny. Um yeah, I, I really like having that. Uh, I don't know the name like of the tarp, it. but yeah, it's it's a it's just a lightweight tarp that Slumberjack makes, and uh, it's camouflage, and it's it's like making an instant blind that only weighs a pound. Yeah, a it's pretty out. good.
1: Yeah. Kept the rain off of us. Um, I'm actually gonna pick one up uh, for Spring Bear and the hammock too. I had a hammock.
2: Yeah, I bring that E and O hammock. It's great you know i just another thing that's pretty lightweight and if i've got space for it in the pack um it's a lot better than laying in the tick infested woods oh man yeah we're gonna uh, talk about that too. yeah i could get the chiggers crawling all over you and things like that and just just good back support for just relaxing waiting for the next bird to step by um all right so I guess we touched
1: a little bit on equipment. So expectations, low expectations. Went up there, just kind of a uh, zero lay of the land. Um, Try to reach out to different, different hunting networks and stuff that I had here. Uh, you asked some folks that you knew that lived up in Ocala and Orlando area, if they knew anything. And really the, the unit of the national forest we were hunting, nobody had any hot intel on. Um,
2: Except for the tough birds to hunt. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're, tough birds to hunt it's it's the last one on everyone's list they they want to go and and get every american turkey and that's the last one it's the toughest
1: yep they're uh call shy they're not they don't gobble a lot um at different well different times they gobble more or less but they don't gobble continuously uh, for the fact that there's a lot of predators, you know, there's uh, there's a Florida panther, there's bobcats, there's coyotes, there's Watch bears. black bears, <laughs> um, you know, there, there's all kinds of uh, things that want to eat them. So they, they've they tended to be sort of quiet. And uh, we definitely observed that. The other thing is, they're really elusive. Um, you know, they, they come and they go pretty, pretty silently and pretty quickly and i don't know we couldn't really pattern we, we didn't really get a good pattern of them i know a lot of people put in a lot of time scouting and and are able. yeah i would
2: say you know for what we had to work with we kind of patterned them pretty quickly you know it you yeah know, obviously the general area for what we had you know just the minimal amount of calling that they were doing uh, we got in pretty close pretty quick um
1: there's also been a lot of a mixed uh mixed information on decoys, decoys, no decoys back and forth. We'll, we'll touch a little bit on that, but I don't know. I'm, I, that's still a big question mark in my mind. Um, whether or not you should use a decoy. So, uh, should you run and gun? Should you sit in the blinds? Where are they roosting at? People said they're roosting in the woods. People said they're roosting over cypress trees. People said they're roosting over water. Like there, there's, there's a mix of, of things. So, uh, sort of with that, we'll go and in, go into um, go into day one. So we obviously we traveled up there from Key West. It's like nine hours, so that was our first day. We didn't do any hunting or any scouting because we didn't get up there until like nine o'clock. Because naturally, we had to go stop at the sporting goods store and buy things. Mm. Um, then we got up to our cabin that we rented. And so we'll, we'll divide, as we're talking about the property, we'll divide it up to the west side and the east side. Uh, the west side we'll, we'll call the timber area, right? Because they harvest a lot of timber there. And you're going to understand why in just a moment. And then the east side is by the river. So we'll, we'll just reference it that way. Um, so our first day, we started off... Uh, we planned as our scouting day, right? We're scouting slash hunting. So there are a number, number of forestry roads that basically, uh, were grid lined out. I think there was four of them, four or six of them total across the entire unit, uh, east to west. And there were one or two north to south. And then off of those were OHV trails, which we didn't really go down, um, we decided the first day we would go to literally the first trail off of the main road or the main forestry road closest to where our cabin was just because we, we had no other idea. So we're like, let's just go in here. We did a little e-scouting uh, using the on and we found what, what we thought was a giant open field, uh, some areas of timber, all this other stuff. So It's dark out we hop on our bikes um what's so one bike fat tire bike the other one narrow bike uh we made it approximately Uh, 200 yards 200 yards and i was on the narrow bike and it was just digging into the sand so uh we walked them for probably what another 200 yards before we gave up. Before we gave up <laughs> because the the terrain wasn't changing, and we actually just kind of hit them in the bushes.
2: Not terrain. I mean the terrain, you know. Or the trail. The yeah, trail the, the was trail unchanged. was just such soft sand that it just it was not working with your your narrow bike. The, the the fat tire bike was handling it pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. So I'd recommend that if you're going to think about the bikes in Florida, I would I would go with the fat tire it should say there was no scenario that we ran across where a narrow bike would be more advantageous i don't think as far as the various types of trails we encountered um so anyway there we are with the the first day and i don't know as as we looked at the field and all that what in in that morning what was going through your your mind
2: yeah so the field had been uh what do you think like uh, six months ago or something like that it, it had been uh, clear-cut yep and uh, and then as well as you know it, it had traco tires all you know tracks all through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just just rough ground to travel through it was where we thought we would have um, where we thought we would have a so little bit of uh, wooded areas and things to sneak around it was just pretty much an open field Giving herself away yeah um, we didn't see any any turkey sign on that side no tracks no 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 gobbles we got there
1: early enough thinking that we were going to catch gobbles uh pretty early on kind of in that like or that uh, prime time prime turkey talk time in the morning and uh that didn't happen we also the issue we ran into is is onyx the the satellite imagery in onyx and in google was not lined up to what was depicted in uh depicted in the in the field itself like areas where like oh there's a trail over there because it's at the edge where the field is and there should be trees in the field and there's a trail right along the edge of it nope uh there it was clear cut all the way into like whole swaths of, of of timber was cleared out and interjoined fields together so we ended up we did a a big huge loop that day, probably like a, I think a four mile or so loop around with a mixture of like a little bit of biking and a lot of walking. Zero turkey.
2: Did we see any deer or anything that day? We didn't see anything that day. The foggy, beautiful morning. Well, that morning, absolutely. Beautiful. Oh yeah, the fog's great.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll post uh, I'll post some of the pictures on Instagram. As, as, things roll out and you'll see the fog, the fog was off. Awesome. I got a great sunrise shot of like the fog. There's these spider webs you can see through the sunlight on the ground. And like, it, it was just, it was, it was really cool. That part was neat. Um, then we were like, okay, we're going to continue our scouting. So let's head uh, north up the forestry road, get back at the bike situated back on the uh, the car and start driving north. And just a little bit north, we're driving, and there's another clear-cut area. It looks like it had been cut, um, you know, maybe four months before the other one. I don't know. Just guessing. Uh, There was still timber and stuff, you know, branches and all that, and still the big track marks. But it wasn't as fresh as the one we were in first off. So as we're driving by the entrance to this little field, I look over and I see a turkey. And in the instance that we saw it, we couldn't tell if it was a, uh, a gobbler or a hen. So we parked the car and backtracked to the very far corner of this field where there was a little, another little opening and basically like went on an intersection path towards this, this turkey. And uh, kind of like snuck along the edge of the wood line and then just sat and waited. And what it was just a couple minutes and it showed up.
2: Yeah, we did a little calling there and, yep. uh, yeah, it kind of showed up. And as soon as we had seen it, it was gone. Yeah, I didn't even actually see it. You saw it. Um,
1: and we, we didn't, it was just such a quick instant. We didn't know what it was, but yeah, we saw it and it just jetted. Uh, so we took a little quick look around that property and then, um, doubled back, saw some turkey tracks at the, the beginning where where it was, and then we got in the car because we're like, we'll head over to, to maybe the ranger station, the check station, and, and talk to them, see if they have any any hot intel or can give us any leads. Uh, we got a lead, which got us uh, to go take a look at some of the land over by the river. Oh, down by the river. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> um, and so that that led us to an area which we drove into. Uh, it was a forestry road. It was a I think it was a regular like county road, and then there was a forestry road off of it. And so with that it was like a dirt road, and I drove down a little ways till I was like uncomfortable driving down it anymore. And then we just got out and walked. Uh, We probably walked another quarter mile or half mile or so uh, until we got to this little T. We saw a a good amount of turkey sign there um, in that spot. Uh, That was mid-morning, right? I think afternoon-ish time, uh, noon.
2: Yeah, I think we had a bit of a lunch before that. Yep. Had some delicious uh, breakfast bowl. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was good um had a breakfast bowl local diner and then we went to the spot um tried to try to kind of look around there i i like that spot just initially looking at it we were looking at it on the map and in the beginning when we were sort of planning this trip we were debating camping and there was a camping location very near to that and then there was the cabin which was on the west side of the uh, the unit which we ended up getting because there was a lot of rain forecasted and we had concerns about camping and getting stuck in the tent or my tent, which is floorless, or one of your tents. With like It doesn't matter. We, we didn't want to be stuck out. Plus, we had the option for some convenience items that were just nice. Um, so we looked at that and went back to the cabin, got some rest, uh, decided to grab the decoys. And because rain was projected that evening, we decided to go back to the second field where we saw that turkey initially. Uh, and set up with the decoys we had each had a decoy and so we there we chose a little patch so in this big field of jumbled up pieces of like knee high i would say maybe mid calf high broken branches and shrubbery and all this other stuff there are still little pockets of of trees and uh, shrubs and stuff palms all that jazz so we uh, strategically placed the decoy to where it could be seen from a ridge it could also be seen from the road because we noticed that turkeys were traveling along the roads and then popping in into different fields so we positioned two decoys we'll call them fancy francine and an ugly betty Uh, we put both of them in position and, uh, then Craig and I set looking almost, almost sort of back to back on different sides of a, of a little group of shrubs. And we made, you know, like a little pseudo blind with some palm fronds and sticks and stuff. And, uh, that's, that's what we did there. Uh, unfortunately nothing like zero, no Turkey, no sign of turkey just us and the decoys hanging out uh, also no rain so the whole reason that we we chose to go there was kind of
2: yeah we were on the border of that rain and it was you know looking at the radar there in, in that part of Florida um you know it's so often that that storms coming from the Gulf and it's coming across and it looks like it's just gonna plow us and then all of a sudden it'll dissipate or yeah. vice versa they're there's nothing and then it uh then it all comes up and rains pretty hard
1: yep and so that's uh no rain we close out our evening and then the next day we decided probably one of the best decisions we made um was to go sit down in the property over by the river
0: it's only a kick A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: We sat down at this little four-way. And so it had uh, the original road that we came in on the dirt road that I'd mentioned before. So that came into it. Oh, we took the bikes in. Yeah. So that was our first, our first time being successful. We probably went, it was a mile and a half from where we parked the car. So we were also concerned that if it rained, we didn't want to get the car stuck back there. So we didn't know how the roads were, which was great because we had the bikes and it was perfect. So we parked at the beginning of the, the gravel road and rode our bikes down the dirt road. Um, about a mile and a half before we we just found a spot where we wanted to sit at this four-way that i just mentioned so the four-way had the dirt road and then it had two uh, a crossing a perpendicular road that was also a mixture of dirt and sand and then the um, opposite of where the the main dirt road came in there was like a grass path that led back to another portion of that land back there. And so we're like, ah, oh, this seems like a good a spot as any. We looked on the, the map. We passed a pond coming in. There were four or five ponds around us. In different- dried up ponds. Yeah. 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 Well, some held water. Yeah. So dried ponds. So open areas. Cause everything else was a mix of pine, Oak, uh, brush, uh, the palms, Uh, Oh gosh I can't think of the type of palms they are Anyway they're shorter palms So that was all mixed in there But there was space You could like walk around Though It wasn't like thick landscape Like when we were in some of the other spaces So that was It was pretty nice But the the four way was big open and had a big water puddle in it too Lots of turkey tracks coming into it Lots of deer tracks So we're like perfect So we set up there that morning
2: I'll let you uh, share a little bit about our, our little sit yeah so so that morning there they uh, they were pretty fired up that morning right mm-hmm. yeah. that was the, that was the the most uh, that they had most noise that they had made the whole time and uh, yep yeah so you know reading about what about the Osceola turkey and that uh, that they're very quiet. And when they do gobble first thing in the morning, they only gobble, you know, half a dozen times, and then they're done. Uh, so reading that uh, it made us kind of decide to stay put for a while and just try mm-hmm. to call a little bit softly. And uh, we did. And They they can't seem to come a little bit closer for a while. Yep. You know, that, but they didn't commit. I'd imagine that they've got their choice of hens by this time of year all the gobbler or quite a few of the gobblers have been thinned out that uh, that are stupid we're hunting the, the end of the season and uh yeah so anyways we uh we heard that bird and he kind of shot up so then we waited another half an hour to mm-hmm. an hour and got on foot and wanted to get a little bit of a idea of where he flew down at and and you know if there's any possibility that we could get that that uh nearly noon uh gobble where he's he's kind of a little lonely he's done his done his uh business for the morning and then he's looking for another hen um so hopefully we can get in and get that fired up but yeah anyways we, we tried this little h in the trail and one of us set up on one side of the h the other one set on the other i had a great uh you know great viewing area there for the both of us and we called a little bit from that location and uh we didn't hear anything from there uh, but we left and kind of slowly uh, walked up through the hillside. And uh, that's where we eventually started to find a little more tracks on the main, kind of, I should say, the the main road up there. Yeah, the dirt, the, the dirt road. The mo- more traveled road. And uh, up there on that road, we found quite a few tracks. And, you know, that's where we decided to do quite a bit more of our hunting. Yep. Yeah.
1: So we actually, we, we took a break. And, uh, oh, well, actually, no, we didn't take a break yet. We went back and got the bicycles from the four-way and decided to hop on them and go to the very back of the property, like, or not property, land, whatever you want to call it, uh, back to the river. Uh, and actually, because we wanted to just, just see uh, and check out other areas and see what the turkeys were doing back there, if we could, if we could see anything. So um, we hopped back on the bicycles and cruised back there. It was pretty cool. Um the trails definitely changed a lot. Uh the terrain changed as we got closer to the river as you would expect it to. And then we got back to the back and uh decided we were gonna go try to peek at the river. And then it got pretty grown up pretty quickly and a little a little s a little snaky.
2: Yeah, as we got to a little bit lower elevation and you know that mm-hmm. just right alongside the river. It got like that. Uh, but w- what else was kind of cool is extremely tall, beautiful trees with, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Spanish moss yeah. was
1: hanging off with the the palms and just a cool mixture of different. I thought at one point we had found some uh, some wild onions. I was super stoked about that. They were, in fact, not wild onions. Or if they were, they were. Yeah, uh, like
2: the variety of the landscape here is, yeah. you know, it, it just changes so much by, you know, uh you know different slightly different elevations just totally different uh landscape
1: i mean we went we went from everything to like tall pine groves to oak to uh you know open areas with hammocks in them to like that river bottom with the spanish moss with the old oak and cypress and like it was just such a cool cool ever-changing uh variety of plants Variety of bugs. Uh, what we saw lizards. Uh, we didn't see snakes till today. Thank goodness. Oh, we we forgot to talk about the bear tracks.
2: Yeah, so it uh, pretty pretty good sized bear track. What would you yeah. say it was? Uh, it was about the size of your hand, yeah, it was, which your I would you know you're a large man. I would say that hand is. Well, well. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like yeah. Are, so it was it was probably like a. a a seven or, or an eight inch. I mean, that was a really. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say it was that big, but it was a good size, Uh, good size print.
1: What size glove do you wear? I wear an extra large glove. Extra large as well. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So extra large glove size print for a black bear. So these are Florida black bears, which is not legal to hunt them. Uh, They're protected here in the state. And there are many of them. Very many. We were driving one night on our way back home after dinner, and a giant one ran across the road in front of me. Luckily, it was ran across like 100 yards ahead of me, but all I see is just big black shadow. And uh, Craig was like, how big do you think it was? I was like, I think its ba- back was probably like a quarter to a half the size of like a, a the bottom part of a street sign. Uh, maybe not a tall, tall street sign, but like a short one, a mile marker sign, we'll say. I guess it's it depends. Big bear. It was a big bear, wide bear too. So I mean, nobody's hunting them, so they're just eating and doing bear things. So, we kind of had—I had that in my mind as we were hunting this place. But something to be aware of: uh, bears here. You also have, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Florida panthers. I don't know if they extend a lot up there. I, mean, I would think so. Uh, we never encountered any any other predators uh, other well, than us. We
2: did see some coyotes. And, oh, uh, we saw one coyote, We did coyote hear yeah. some coyotes this morning as well. That's uh, true. Yeah,
1: quite a few. Um, let's see. Other than that, so on that day, so all in all, uh, that morning, uh, a combination of walking and biking, we did about 10 miles, so it, we were moving pretty well. Um, then throughout our walking and biking, the heel of my boot, like the sole of my boot blew out, and I had floppy boot. So we took our our afternoon and went to the uh, went to the local general store and got glue and all those things. And I had to do a boot swap and ended up putting on my mud boots, which worked out perfect because it. Uh, when we went back to the afternoon sit or the evening sit, we chose a spot um, not as far in is we had originally set in the same spot by the river in the morning, if that makes sense. So there was the four way where we set in the morning and then probably a quarter mile closer to the main road, there was a T. And this T came from a trail where we knew the birds kinda or we didn't know. We predicted they were kind of hanging out in and roosting in. We just didn't know where. Uh probably like I would say what, a quarter mile by a quarter mile square. They were somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't know where, but we'd seen a lot of tracks at this intersection. So we got there and did another pseudo-construction of a blind, uh, got all settled in for the evening because the front was definitely there. We saw it on the weather. It was coming in strong. And we're like, okay, we're going to be here. We rode the bikes in again, stashed them in the bushes. And uh, that's when Craig put up the tarp, which – Oh, gosh, that thing. Lifesaver. Yeah. I also found another use for my Allen uh, Shocker Series shooting stick. I used it to prop up the side of the tarp so I could see underneath it um, to be able to see where our decoy was. Oh, we also took a decoy with us this time to this spot.
2: Yeah, it was a great spot. Um, you know, if, if you look, I would say for a few miles in all directions, that was the highest elevation mm-hmm. around. Um, and a lot of times these birds, they, they're, you know, they don't want to work too hard. So they, to, to go and fly up on roost, uh, they want to, or the fly up on roost, they want to do it on foot, uh, go on foot to the highest elevation for a while. And then they'll go and fly up to a tree from there. And then, uh, you know, the opposite or, or uh, getting offers. So that, you know, highest is oftentimes a really good spot to set up for turkeys, especially if it's open and they feel comfortable there yep and
1: um i mean so we kind of picked this spot so we'll we'll fast forward after we got everything set up we're going there it it hadn't started raining yet but the wind picked up and the wind was blowing like crazy like gusts all that shaking all the palm trees all the pines everything and we're there shaking the tarp and then um boom out of nowhere this turkey flies in and uh you know, I pulled the gun up and I'm ready and I'm sitting there and I was like, all right, God, is it a gobbler? Is it a hen? Is it a gobbler? Is it a hen? It's a hen. But Craig was like, wait just a second. Let's see. Maybe the gobblers are going to follow her in. So we waited. She like is, is circling the decoy. I can't remember if she like pecked at it or did anything to it or if she just like circled it. Um, you asked me that and I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly that moment because that like that adrenaline rush hit me and I was like, "Woo! All right, I'm ready." Um, so that moment happened, and no gobbler came in. The hen just kind of hung out for a little bit. She knew something wasn't quite right because <laughs> the other turkey wasn't moving. So she slowly like sauntered back in the direction uh, directly forward of us where we estimated their their roosting area was. Um, And nothing else eventful happened that night? Did it rain on us that night going back?
2: A bit. A bit. A bit, yeah.
1: Oh, and then we got back to the... We got back to the cabin and it just opened up. Uh, Something interesting did happen that day uh, where... When we got back to the cabin, though, I was pulling off my socks and discovered a tick on on my leg on the sock line. And this was concerning. And still, it's in the back of my mind, although I'm going to put it away, is that this tick had a white spot on it. And in the southeast, those are known as lone star ticks, given the fact that they have one star on there. Uh, they, they carry some some little nasty sicknesses, but the one that stands out the most, and you've heard, I think this was, this made big news for a little while, especially when it first came out. I think Meteor touched on it. A bunch of other people touched on it. But it's a, a syndrome where you can no longer eat mammal meat, uh, and it comes from this tick particular as one of the carriers. And as many of you know, I enjoy consuming mammal flesh and meat. What what was the name of the syndrome called?
2: Alpha gal.
1: Alpha gal. Yeah. So the I, it's short for something, but the alpha gal is like it's a uh, it's not a protein. Some some type of substance in mammal meat that the ticks as they seek out mammals, they drink the blood from it and um take it into their system, and then whenever they bite you as a human, you get it, uh, when they bite you, it transmits in there, and your body has, uh, I think, a strong reaction to it, uh, to where it puts up blockers against future introduction of this alpha gal into your your system. So people reported like, oh, I had a, you know, I had a steak last night for dinner, And then at midnight, like four to six hours later, I got super sick. And they realized like through trial and error, this continued to happen. So they went to the doctor and it's still relatively new science. Like they don't know a lot about the cause of it. Well, the cause of it's obvious, but they don't know how to treat it uh, or how anything. Like people just have to eliminate mammal meat from their diet. And uh, I had a bit of a, a concerning thought session uh, thinking about this i was like holy smokes you know hunting eating deer meat eating elk uh all you know all the other mammals squirrels rabbits all that other stuff like if if for whatever reason i did get this which i don't think i did um i had a uh corned beef sandwich the next day <laughs> so i didn't get sick either so i'm hoping i don't know i don't know what the gestation period is for it but uh, fingers crossed. Say a prayer for me. Uh, I would have to switch up my diet to a lot more fishing, and, fishing and, uh, birds, which is fine. But um, yeah, just just something interesting thought about. Uh, definitely treated with some more bug spray the next day. What, what's the stuff you have? The substance?
2: Uh, so permethrin is a. a- really good substance to you know something you can wash or you know you can spray your clothes down on and uh and it stays within your clothing for over six washings yeah um yeah it's just something great It, it helps out with mosquitoes it really really helps out with the ticks uh i feel like more than deet and uh yeah it's 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 some good stuff um yeah, I, I use it with all my clothes. Yep. Make sure you follow whatever instructions it says on the
1: bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I got tore up by bugs over the courses. I have probably like a dozen chigger bites on me as well. I'm really susceptible to those guys. But back to the tick thing. So anyway, got that guy off of there or gal. I don't know what sex it was. I didn't ask. Um... Got it off of there and, and, anyway, put put those thoughts to rest. But thought thought it was interesting because you had one crawling on you at one point.
2: Yeah, we've had quite a few.
1: I saw one yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it did, I mean, they were out there in the landscape. And, obviously, we're mammals and we were hanging out uh, on the ground because that's what you do when you turkey hunt, like we mentioned. And so, let's see. So, now we're rolling on to day 3 so day 3 we are back in the blind we decided to leave the tarp up um we left the tarp up to keep a dry spot cuz it we knew it was going to downpour it was so nice it yeah. was
0: so
2: nice to do that and yeah it just just to come in and, and not be sitting on soggy mud it it makes a day oh yeah it it was good so especially w- when you spend 14 hours
1: <laughs> yeah, we spent 14 hours in the blind. Um, somebody was always in the blind. It it went one point or the other. Whether we one other person was out moving around or getting food or or doing whatever, because we didn't set off with the intent to sit there for 14 hours, so we didn't pack in the the jet boil or the dehydrated meals or anything like that. I literally, I like I had a Cliff Bar and some water, and that was about it. And Um, that morning was pretty uneventful. It was raining a lot, so we didn't hear any gobbles because the rain was on the tarp pretty loud. Uh, the tarp was good for keeping us dry, but sound quality during rain, uh, was not, not ideal. Um, we did get paid a visit by another hen. Uh, this time she came from the direction of the, where we thought the roosting area was directly in front of us, came back in. Checked out the uh, the decoy again and then cruised right back in that same direction. So she went right back from, from where she came. Um, throughout that day, I would say we did start to debate the effectiveness of the decoy. Um, and I'll, I'll let you tell this story because you were the one that went for the food.
2: Yeah, so when I went for the food, uh, I walked down the hillside. And within 40 to, I don't know, 40 to 50 yards, we had seen where the turkey had came in or a turkey had came in during that day and uh, had made an about face as soon as it was able to see that or able to see that decoy and moved on out of there. So sometimes I think that, uh, you know, they can really when that decoy is set out where they can really critique it from a ways away. And it, they can see that it hasn't moved in a long time, that it doesn't look like a Osceola. It looks like an Eastern bird. Uh, yeah, I think that it can, uh, you know, that, that can cause a bit of a, a snag up sometimes. Uh, the decoys are, you know, really, really, I mean, they, they are great to have. But sometimes if they are able to see it from a long ways away from all different perspectives and that, it, you know, it's not making any movement. Yep. Yeah. They're able to deny it. So this one did. So, uh,
1: then after he came back with food, we ate and then we both took a little walk and then, uh, Craig headed kind of back towards the river again, uh, where he wanted to go kind a diff- of a different path, but different yeah, path.
2: Yeah. So just nothing eventful back there. Um, you know, it was, it was interesting to see the 1970s, 80s, uh, tree stands all, you know, like it was like the tree stand, uh, it was the tree stand junkyard back there. You, you know, hmm. just there was some trees that you could tell where the guy just let it fall and just put another one right back up. And there was like five tree stands in one tree. And then as it you know wasn't suitable anymore, they just let it lay back in the in the dirt and let it go to rust and, and, uh, and put a brand new one up there. So it must be a really good deer spot. Must be.
1: Yeah, we did see. I mean, we went to part of that. And did see some deer tracks, but when you went back...
2: Yeah, I actually did see quite a few deer back there.
1: Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, while he was back there, I was back in the blind, and a truck came through with people going to camp, because it's public land, so anybody can access it, and we weren't trying to, like, wave them off, but they they drove past, uh, which did not, in fact, affect my turkey hunting, because uh just right before that almost similar scenario that that craig was talking about with the tracks i noticed this later after i got out of the blind at like 7 30 o'clock uh after we figured they had already roosted i got out and looked out and i saw that tracks. so where our blind was there was like uh probably a 25 or 30 yard gap like a, a a V from where our blind was sit to where it opened up. And then there was like uh, the road was there probably 10 yards in front of us. And on either side of this sort of V, there were trees, uh, pine trees that kind of created a barrier uh, where the road went parallel with those trees. So as you're looking at the road from the blind on the left side There were pine trees just directly there, like I said. And then along the road where those same pine trees are, there was a set of tracks that literally came to the very edge of where the pine trees were and the opening to where the blind was. So I couldn't see it, but a turkey had come and stood less than 10 yards from where my blind was and maybe 15 yards from where the decoy was, and I saw on the tracks, they just stopped. I don't know if maybe, like, I made a movement inside the blind if they just caught, if they saw the tarp or, you know, whatever, or they didn't like the decoy. But they just turned around and, and, and went back. The tracks went back. So uh, that was kind of disappointing to see after the fact, to know that something had rolled that close within 10 yards. of I mean, we don't know if it was a, a gobbler or if it was a another hen. But I will say that that evening, uh, at about six fifteen, I heard a gobble, and I was like, "You know what? I I haven't used it." Uh, Craig had been calling most of the most of the time using his his pot call, and I was I had the diaphragm calls tucked in in my uh, Allen shotgun sling, and so I pulled one out, and I was like, "You know what?" I'm gonna give this a go. So I let off like a cluck cluck and boom he fired back. And I was like, What? This is awesome. So I let off another one. Cluck, cluck, boom, he fired off again. I was like, okay. Uh you know, I, I waited I waited just uh you know another minute, and then uh I, I fired off another cluck and he didn't he didn't call back this time. So but it was late enough. I was like, he's He's probably already heading to roost, and the roost was in the direction of where the calls were coming from. So, I don't know that he was interested in coming over and checking out the the hen. That was all. Oh, those people are taking a selfie. I thought they were trying to hitch a ride. Um, that's a dangerous spot to take a selfie. Anyway, um. So, yeah, that was that was the evening of the third day. Nothing eventful happened. Uh, no other turkeys came in. 14 hours in the blind. All we saw was that the one hen in the morning. And I don't know. Kind of like the turkeys were moving all day, so we weren't wrong with being there. But we come to that debating point of like whether or not we should have used the decoys. Did they spook by the decoys? Did they hear us like, you know cutting up or doing whatever we were doing midday when kind of the the doldrums were hitting and we were bored or you know we don't know what was going on but the turkeys were moving around all day or maybe they smelled us <laughs> maybe they sm- yeah, they could have smelled us. they could have smelled my thermocell that was going for a little while uh to keep the bugs away uh i mean i don't know well it's a million different things it was hot uh so we were probably stinky too um So then we go that that was our last full day and we said the the last morning on the fourth day we were gonna go in and sit for what I said two hours, right? We had six thirty to eight thirty. We had to pack up by eight thirty because uh, we had to get back on the road down to Key West to get get home at a reasonable time. Uh which which we are. And I would say that Um uh, This morning, which was this morning we just left was probably the most exciting morning. Uh, we split up again. Um, I sat back in the blind. I don't know whatever reason It's my comfort zone. Um, I pulled the decoy closer to the blind so that it wasn't as visible from the road, but that if someone, if someone, if a turkey locked on it from the you know the brush, that they they would come towards it and then um i think craig you sat down kind of on another grass road yeah
2: within 120 yards away 70 i don't know like 75 to 120 yards yeah
1: so he was just down the way but he was in the direction of where we noted the turkeys were traveling from possibly closer to where they were roosting and uh it had started sprinkling a little bit that morning, and I think I texted you, and I was like, "Hey, man, are you good?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm good." And then uh, the gobbler lit off, boom.
2: Yeah, I was surprised how late that he uh, he took before it was he started gobbling. Seven thirty. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times, you know, from hunting eastern birds, a huge percentage of the, the gobbling is you know well before they come off their roost uh while it's still you know very dark uh they're they're fired up that time of day and for this bird to wait until 7 30 i don't think we had any any gobbles in the dark did we no none so
1: none none the entire time we were there
2: so yeah i you know that was uh that was kind of cool it, it got fired up and uh you know it was we were coming down to the wire and i decided to hop up and do a bit of a hail mary and get closer hail mary full of gobbles yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I moved a little bit closer edged a little bit closer and called some and, and i had uh, what i think was two hens at, at first glance it was, it was hard to tell because they were in a bit of a thicket um come in a bit and uh just kind of hang up there and then they moved on Uh, But yeah, just didn't get any closer to that bird uh, because they kind of, they were hanging around for quite a while there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no opportunities there. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was was a good morning. And uh, I I had like zero other than hearing, hearing the gobbles. And then I would kind of cluck back. I don't think I was prompting any more gobbles because there was a little bit of delay. Like I would cluck
2: like, what the hell was that?
1: Yeah, I would cluck, cluck, and then he'd fire up, you know, maybe like 10 or 15 seconds later, he'd fire off
2: another gobble. And
1: that, that happened a little bit. And then I was like, I don't want to overdo it. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, some bumps in the road. No worries, we're still here. I guess they're doing construction on this bridge. Did not realize that. Okay. Um, so, anyway, not, nothing that morning and uh, – but, you know, I, I tell you, like, looking back, I was one, came into this with kind of low expectations. So I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I hoped that we could get a bird in the amount of time that we, we, we had allotted. Um, we only had those four days. Like, we didn't have another 24 hours, we didn't have the evening um like the the permit the the quota permit that i drew was from the 15th to the 18th so we only had that time so that's when we we set off and uh you know headed back home and i don't know the feeling like i don't feel defeated I feel like I learned a lot about Osceola turkey hunting in, in these moments. I uh, also feel like if I had a little more time, I, I could try to give it another go. I don't know what 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 did you feel afterwards after this hunt?
2: Yeah, it's you know you've got a lot of respect for guys that can make it happen with Osceola turkeys is is what I kind of came out of it. Um, yeah, they're a tough bird to hunt. They're quiet. They're smart. They get a lot of pressure, I'm sure, in in public lands such as that one. Uh, yeah, it's they're a really interesting bird. It's the last one on nearly everyone's list. I mean, people, guys, guys kill a lot of U.S. birds, and that's something they want because it's the toughest. So, yeah, a lot of respect for guys that can get it done.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, and to be on a public land on a, on a unit uh, that is is not super um there's not a high success rate on it i mean i don't i don't want to use that as an excuse of why we didn't it's just throw it out there because we definitely i say though in in the amount of time that we had we zoned in and like fine-tuned our processes and were able to get you know near as near two birds as we could without actually shooting a bird Like, had the opportunity presented itself with a gobbler, we would have taken a gobbler. There was a gobbler in our vicinity. We just didn't have enough time or opportunity to fine-tune that last bit, which is the, you know, the success rate or the success. But regardless, like, we went to that unit not knowing anything about it. We took in uh a day and a half we had it tuned exactly where we wanted and then another day we were like we're on birds we're gobbling we're getting uh birds to answer us back like i I, i'm pretty proud of that as we go through it
2: yeah beyond that it's just it, it you know beyond today it's just chance of whether the bird you know yep chance of whether the bird comes within range
1: and i say am i bummed about not getting an osceola turkey before i leave florida yes well, I think that there's going to be a chance in the future, like the far future, to come back and get an Osceola turkey. Yes. Is my turkey season over? No. Is Craig's turkey season over? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Um, so I've got plans. Um, I'm headed out to Oregon for spring bear to meet up with Colin and Ben and Ryan and Emily. And we're doing a, a spring bear hunt in southwestern Oregon coming up in two weeks in the first part of may so i don't know when you're gonna hear this podcast but it may or may not coincide with that trip but regardless we're going out there turkey season in oregon is also subsequently timed in this same period some of the members hunting will also be having shotguns with us so that if the opportunity presents itself we can take a West Coast bird, which I think is probably much cooler. They sip coffee, probably wear flannel in their off time, um, enjoy organic foods. <laughs> Just picturing that Pacific Northwest bird, not stereotype. But uh, Craig also has plans, big plans, <laughs> that
2: started today. Yeah, so I, I'm going to be, uh, if all goes well and uh, I have the time to do it, it uh, I'm going to go and and make my way up to see my dad it's uh it's the best time of year to come up and see him the turkeys gobbling and uh in western maryland tomorrow morning it's uh it's opening season uh so yeah i'm gonna come up on wednesday if all possible and have him pick me up and, and hopefully shoot an eastern bird and that's normally pretty easy nice easy pickings so turkey meat in the future craig hopefully yeah and then shortly after that i'm gonna head up to uh cat my lodge in alaska and get some guys on some salmon up there do some trout fishing as well up there catch those big monster 25 inch rainbows or better sometimes and how long are you gonna spend up there guiding uh this year is gonna be short i'm gonna be there from june the 12th to september the third nice cool so if you guys get a chance to go up and
1: visit get guided
2: yeah yeah call uh cat my lodge or if you want to hook up before that or, or anytime really um you can always give me a call with goliath charters key west yep we'll put
1: both those links in the show notes so you can get to them pretty easy um yeah, then for me, we're uh, the spring bear is going to wrap up my spring season, unless something else pops up that I don't know about, then I'm headed to the Backcountry Hunter and Angler Rendezvous in uh, Missoula the first week of June, where I'll be there. So I'm cooking at the dinner there, uh, helping out with the bison processing presentation, haven't quite decided if I'm going to enter the cooking competition, uh, TBD. I know that um, Adam, one of our field staff riders, is also heading out there.
2: I'm pretty uh. sure turkey season's still in first week of June there.
1: Ooh, yeah. so I may be t- hunting turkey <laughs> as well, Montana, while I'm there. We'll see. Maybe that's a, a good ac- activity. Uh, but let me know. Shoot us an email. Uh, hit us up on social media if you're going to be at that rendezvous. I'd love to connect with, with whoever uh, while you're out there. And while I'm there, uh, I'd love to you know hear about what you think about the show, about the articles, all that. Hang out, have a beer, chat wild game, all those things. Uh, that's a great place to do it. Um, I, I would love to get to know you all more. And I think the the rendezvous is the perfect opportunity to do that. Then after that, we're, we're headed to Colorado. So we're going to get packed up and leave almost the week after um, to, to do our move. So big things in store. And then uh, we'll, we'll let you know how how the fall season is going to go and, and all those other cool things. But, yeah, uh, we're staying up on, on podcast episodes and all the other things. So make sure you're still staying tuned in. We're getting a variety of guests. We're starting to expand our reach a little bit and go a little global. So keep keep up for that. Uh, and then also, so, Greg, I don't know if you know, this is the last portion of the show where we give everybody the opportunity for a last thought. So, do you have a last thought, an alibi, a misfire, a saved round that you want to give to the listeners?
2: Well, whatever the name of the restaurant we were in, that I mean, I'm really thinking about that Reuben, really. <laughs> that was a heavy <laughs> Reuben. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm still thinking about that. That's that's deep like, in my belly. Like in a good way or a bad way? Really good. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really good. That would be uh that would be kinda of fun to try to replicate that with uh with your barrier bring back.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh some bear some corn bear recipes in the future. I think that would work well. We have an awesome corn venison recipe up um up on the website too. I did that one a while ago, uh, for St. Patrick's Day. Uh let's see. What else can I think of, uh, as far as save round or alibi for me as always, it's awesome. I love sharing our adventures with you. So if you'd like more of these live podcasts, make sure you, you reach out to us and shoot us a note saying, Hey, yeah, do more stuff from the road. Corey's been doing stuff, uh, with his buddies up there in Pennsylvania. um, we're going to do some bear stuff when we're out in, in Oregon and hopefully Turkey and some other stuff. Who knows what we'll get into when we're there's a bunch of us out there together. So that'll be fun. Uh, as always, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Following us over at social media. What's, what's your social media handles, Craig,
2: so oh, everybody can follow you, too? Geez. Just, just uh, look up Goliath Charters Key West. I'm sure I'll pop up. Yeah, on TikTok, too. On TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's my new jam. I really like it. Uh, I mean, people really dig my dog videos that I'm putting up. Uh, and, yeah, and then as well as some of these, uh, these Goliath that I'm reeling in, and, and uh, as well as tarpon season's kicking off. And we've got the big tarpon migration coming through Key West right now, and mm-hmm. definitely going to post a bunch of that cool stuff. So yeah, keep following me on the old TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> I have no idea what that uh, that uh, handle is, but uh, just look up Goliath Charter Key West, I suppose.
1: Um, yeah, and then once you're you're done following him, double check and make sure you're following us, Harvesting Nature, because there's lots of great things going on every day, every day uh, there. Oh, also too, if you're a big turkey hunter, we have a turkey lifestyle shirt. I forgot to mention this. I was gonna mention it. So the shirt, it's actually, it's hand drawn by me. A lot of people don't know that about the shirt. A lot of the, a lot of the shirt designs, with, with the exception of a couple, I did the artwork for. Uh, it's a side of me that many don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm not an artist, but I try really hard. But anyway, this, this one's hand drawn and it shows, so it shows like a chick and an egg and then an arrow going over and then it's a, uh, like a poult, and then it has an arrow going over and it's a full gobbler and then it has another arrow going over and it's a turkey on a roasting pan and then it says life cycle of a wild turkey and that's it. I mean, that's, that's what we're all shooting for figuratively and literally, <laughs> Sorry, laughing all jokes. Anyway, uh, I thank everybody out there for listening. So, like I said, make sure you uh, leave us a review, punch that five star button, tell us what we're doing wrong, or tell us what we are doing right.